on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this week's Orient Out on Phoenix 98 FM. I'm Trevor Singfield, and in the studio tonight, we have a bit of a rearranged lineup. We've got no ladies tonight, but we have got Darren Burrows. How are you, Darren? I'm fine, Trevor. Good evening. That's good to see you in there, mate. You're always good value on our uh, Orient Hours. And also, another rearranged guest is uh, Howard Gould. How are you, Howard? Yeah, good, thank you. Good to be here. Thank you very much for joining us this evening, because uh, we've all had a little bit of a mix around anyway. So, not a lot happened at the weekend, because the O's were uh, caught up in the international break, and we didn't play Port Vale, so there's nothing to discuss there, apart from why the game was uh, called off. So, I may start with that before we go on to Lincoln. Port Vale, gentlemen, I had three games in the international break, and they were all postponed, and they were all home games. My question is, if those have been three away games, would they have called them off? Because they're only under-20s that were called up. And I think this is becoming a bit of a farce, League One games being called off. So what's our thoughts on that? Darren, any thoughts on that? Uh, I'm with Richie Wellens on the fact that I think that the whole um, fixture list should, should go. Um, I think it was two fixtures, Trev, weren't there at the weekend? Yeah, yeah. So, um, whether Port Vale are using it to their advantage, yeah, I probably think they probably are. Would I expect Torrent to do that? Yes, I would. Uh, so, for me, Trev, I think, I think what we've got to do now is the EFL, if they're the right people to put it to, have got to reevaluate the whole um, League One programme during these international breaks. Howard, any thoughts on it? Uh, not really. It's just inconvenient, isn't it? You'd rather have a game on a Saturday, um, but... I thought that's what a squad was for. Um, yeah. You know, we've talked about squads later on probably as well with with the players that are missing in hours. But then, you know, you've got 23, 25 players. Um, surely that's what you have a player in each position to, to cover. Yeah, my, myself personally, I, I just think what I've seen with some lone players, they're not actually <coughs> your player. So I, I guess you want to sign the best players possible, but... It's all right for Port Vale to sort of send people all over the country on a Tuesday night. But I guess like Darren said, we'll hold it to that. But I think the time has come that we should we should all play. I mean, I think the level 
that the postponement should be should just be for the top league, even though they've got all the money and, and the biggest squads as well, you know. So, but weren't we in that position on the last one when we had three possibles? It was Ed Turns, wasn't it? There was Beckles, mm. and there was another one, and there there were three in our squad that might have had to 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 miss out as well. So we may have lost a game. Yeah, but we went to Exeter and won. Yeah. That was the game. So, uh, yeah. No, it's just saying that's come up, and I think we may hear from Dulcet Davey. He's got some interesting views on it mm. as well. But it, it is beginning to become like, well, Paul Val going to have a massive fixture pile up, and I know their fans weren't happy with the game being called off either. So, and I, and I also think it had a little effect on last night's game, not playing at the weekend. I, I, they may complain about playing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, but I, I think all professional footballers want to play football, to be perfectly honest. And uh, maybe that's why we looked a bit sluggish early on last night. But there we go. Anyway, last night, Lincoln. Rearranged game. Ended Lincoln 1, or Leighton Orient 0. We start with brilliant goal. Um, now... This is a hard bit. What was the the formation? So we had Hunt, Cooper, Hack, James Sweeney maybe at the back, Prattley and Elmiz in the centre, Saturio behind the front to a Piggott and Drennan. What do we make of the formation, Howard? Uh, when I saw the team sheet come out, it was, uh, I think I tweeted, uh, interesting, interesting team. I wasn't sure who was going to be playing where. Um, and then as, as you've read it out there, I think you had, it looked like you had Sweeney and Hunt as trying to play wing-backs. With uh, your left side of the three was Tom James, uh, with Happy in the middle and um, and Cooper there, and as you say, the centre two, and then the other three were spread out across the front line. So it was a little bit um, a little bit strange. I, I wasn't I wasn't too keen on it to be honest. Um, and uh, personally, I don't think it worked. If you're going to have uh, a three and then the two pushing on, if they're meant to be wing backs, surely I thought a wing back was a guy who. who who attacked as well as uh, helped your fullback or the, or the, or the uh, you know the back three out, uh, and I don't think either of those two, Sweeney or Hunt, got a, a cross in the whole game. Uh, when Sweeney did try one cross, I think I called it in the north stand. Um, it, it, it was yeah, poor. It was, it was, a, it was a strange so, setup. Yeah. yeah, it was a strange setup, and uh, I don't think it worked. Lincoln were very poor. We were poor on the night. Um, I think we might have edged the first half actually, uh, and again, uh, just we're just nothing up front, have we? I don't know. Drynan's lost his mojo completely. Pigger is. Um, I think Pigger's got a good first touch. To be fair, he, he does seem to control the ball and hold it up well, but unfortunately, it's his second touch <laughs> that he hasn't got. Um, and then uh, I know Satiri, who um, bags a goal, is about one in three, I think, of his stats at the moment. But for me, he just doesn't do anything at all, I'm afraid. It's not my favourite. Yeah, you've made that quite clear to most of us, Howard, that you don't like Satoriou. And rightly so. We all <laughs> Games are games about opinions, isn't it? Full stop. And um, yourself, Darren? Uh, well, I don't share hatred for you on Satoriou. I, I, I think... You know, I think he's, he's done okay and his, his record speaks okay. But that, like you said, Trevor, it's about opinions. The, the formation I didn't like. Straight away I saw it and I thought, no, no, this is... this is." Um. Then it became apparent, didn't it, that we'd lost Archibald to injury. So I kind of got it a bit more. I totally agree with H on, on um, the wing-back situation. And he said it himself, didn't he, Wellens, that he's not a wing-back. We're talking about Sweeney, sorry. So... Um, I, th I think you've got to get Gail Braith in that team. It lacked any creativity whatsoever, didn't it? And we still created three chances for our strikers. Mm. 
And uh, the, the, my favourite tweet last night, Trev, um, was a guy that said that Satorio, Drennan and Piggott need to take the concrete out of their boots. <laughs> and uh, I think that summed it up quite well. Well, a little bit of pain. I mean, when you sort of see that line-up and on all the way you would look at it, there was eight defensive players and we're at home. Now that, I mean, it's sort of like felt going back in time that we thought, well, we can't afford to lose at home, this, that and the other. Um, and we lost against a team that come to a draw. Yeah, well, playing a bank of four and a bank of five and it was just held to break down with non-create playing. I thought Darren Prattley was anonymous, but he, he comes in other games when you need experience to see out games. Big loss to me was definitely Jordan Brown on his one-match ban. Mm. When you take a player out who's been in there 12, 13 games this season and has played very well, but he, he just does his job. You know, he doesn't set the world on fire, but he, he wins the ball, gives it to Mazzuni. Mazzuni gives it to somebody else, well, create a player. Trevor, he's also, um, he's more forward than, than, than Prattley. Mm. Um, Prattley he is what he is. He's 37, is he now? Yeah, I, I just think he runs to where the ball is. Yeah. Where I think Jordan Brown's positional sense is maturing as a very good young footballer. It, it, Pratt, Prattley's great to bring on um, when you're one nil up and seeing a game out for the last fifteen twenty. You know, to expect to get ninety minutes out of him now is is it's not going to happen at all. But then the one little change I would have made personally if he wanted to play that system, I'd have probably put Sweeney in the back three and put James as a forward wing back sort of how he sort of played under jacket sort of thing, getting further up the park. I know it's not ideal, of course. If you're going to play that system, I get yeah, why I said it. Yeah. I wouldn't have played that system. But then that is very easy for me to say sat here after last night, isn't it? Yeah, well, we're all sitting here in hindsight, but I guess it is probably time to ditch the back five at home, isn't it? Personally, I think, I think so. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd concur with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm just thinking that... There was some uh, feedback from the guys who saw Stevenage play Lincoln on Saturday and uh, apparently Lincoln had changed, obviously, since the first time they played us, new manager and whatever, and they they had played with a couple of wingers. Uh, and maybe that's why they set up with the extra two wide guys to, to, to counteract if mm -hmm. Lincoln were going to play with wingers. Um, apparently, they did quite well first half, but then Stevenage changed it in their second half and counteracted Lincoln and then got their got their usual goal and <laughs> mm. scrappy from a corner but yeah because it's one of uh, Richie Reynolds' traits he's, he's quite good at changing things in in play isn't he you in know game but, management trait, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I I think sometimes he has got the starting lineup incredibly wrong sometimes and he, and he does get a little bit of leeway from the Orient fans because of what he's done so far but um Let's have a little listen to what he had to say on last night because he, he sounded pretty glum when I listened to it. Richie, thanks for joining us. It was always going to be an emotional night and a difficult night and in the end it was a disappointing night. Yeah, really disappointing. I thought first half we were just OK but wanted to pass the ball just for the sake of it. And um, I never put the ball in the box and, and got crosses in. Um, and when we did actually get balls in the box we, we caused a little bit, we should take the lead with, with Joe Piggott's header. Um, and the second half really poor really really poor it wasn't the performance that, that that gave justice to the events what happened the last time we played them and for our supporters to pay twice for that is not good enough and not acceptable from our players um, and the staff as well so 
I mean, parts of the second half, we just drifted. We just drifted. And you know what? We could have won it. We probably should have won it because we had the best chance of the game where, where the goalkeeper's pulled off a good save. But there's still immature, naive moments where we can get done on counter-attacks. And their goal is, a, from their point of view, they'll look at it and go, it's a good move, but we've got people crossing over, we've got people dropping into the box. It's a really poor goal to give away. So, all in all, I think it's up there with probably the most disappointing games that I've ever had at this club. Obviously, you've lost Jordan Graham. Theo Archibald yeah. wasn't here uh, tonight. What's the news regarding his yeah, injury? I had a scan um, after the last game and hit flex for probably 10 days. Atlas and our lack of attacking wide options is obviously there to see. So um, I think we missed Theo tonight. Theo was very, very good in the in the previous game against Sorensen. Um, and we got into similar areas tonight, but obviously Sweeney's is more an orthodox left back than a than a winger as such like Theo is so um, I think we missed Theo tonight obviously we're going to miss Jordan Graham but um, there is some light at the end of the tunnel with Dan Adju who's, who's back training Adam Thompson's back training <coughs> um, we've had some bad news with Omar Beckles who'll be out to, for another four weeks um, so yeah the, the squad's been tested at the moment I think even throughout the whole of the season we've never really had everybody fit at the same time so um you know, it's probably this is no excuses that we were, we were poor tonight, lacked energy. Um, but I always look, try and think of the reasons why. You know, my thinking now is it's the first play, the first time that some of these, a lot of these players have experienced an international break, and we give them a couple of days off, and you know, I'll have to read into how much they've done, and because training's been great, but then we've put up a f- performance in terms of energy and, and appetite and and dynam- dynamic play. You know, it was far from where we've been. Recent home games have seen defensive errors, and that's so unusual. Yeah, I don't really see many defensive errors today. It was more like not glaring errors. This that was more they play through midfield, play play through midfield. Both our our midfield players are on the same line. It comes out to the left. We we get a press on, but then then they play out, and we don't squeeze across the pitch. My back my back free drop into the into the 18-yard box when they don't need to and then Hamilton is, has got too much room and because we're so deep as we're coming out to it it's gone through through legs and it's difficult to, for, for Sol to save so um, it was a poor goal to give away I don't think he was in to the, to the naked eye you wouldn't think there's a glaring individual area uh, error so um, it was more listen we, we, these people need to step up people like Dan Happ need to give us more I need to give us more aggression I need to give us more intensity in terms of his shifting his squeezing the game because he's a player with huge potential and a, a player that I've put a lot of faith in and at the moment we've just got four or five that are just drifting and saying you know what if we win tonight okay good but we could also get beat and, and that's that's where we're at at the moment but you're home again on Saturday we're going to hear you'll be looking for a response well, well listen we're a good football club they've got some top players I know they've had the, the problems but I, I still think that a lot of the players when a lot of their players when they've played in League 1 have won it or got promoted so they've got some, some talented players hopefully it'll be a good game it'd be nice to get a, a game on a Saturday I don't think the fact that the, the fans have had to pay twice helped us tonight it was a bit of a flat atmosphere and a lot of empty seats when, when we're not used to that but um, we should we should be able to handle that better as a as a staff and as players. Thank you, Richie. No problem. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that was uh, Richie Wenny's last night talking to uh, Dave Victor after the game. Well, I think we can safe to say 
this is now the most difficult time in charge for Richie Wellens up to now. So um, two home defeats in a row. I can't remember that in, in, in the campaign. And we generally, any time uh, last season, we, we hit back with a, a result, didn't we? So, and it's a no winning five. So what do we think of his demeanour at the moment? Well, I think that was the most down we've heard him. He was downbeat about pretty much everything, wasn't he? Um, I think that he probably needs, as much as anybody at the moment, someone to put an arm around him and say, you know, this is where you earn your money. Uh, I, I think, Trev, if I'm really honest, the injuries... I, I cut him a lot of slack, if, if I'm brutally honest. Like you said, he's done brilliantly for us. I'm glad you said that, because I've got this on my notes here. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 whilst I said I would have gone with a different formation, I am being wise after the event. I, I, I can get why he went with that, because it has had some success lately, albeit you're right about a one in five. And I also think that you, you, you're going to have, hopefully, please, you're going to have like Sanders up to speed, perhaps a bit more for Saturday, Galbraith, I think he's got to start. I think he's got to change the system. So really now, I'm, I'm all eyes on Saturday, Trev, if I'm brutally honest. Mm. I want to forget about last night because that's how I deal with defeats with Leighton Orient. You know, I've had, I've had relatives pass away and felt less sorry than Orient defeats, which is a terrible <laughs> indictment for me to say. But, but I'm just being very honest about how I feel when, when I leave the ground and we've lost. Andy's laughing at me because he's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't help it, Andy. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> uh, what, what do you think? Just to help Darren off that little <laughs> ledge there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... It, it can be downbeat, but uh, being the devil's advocate as I am, you're looking at the other side of it. You know, he, he sends that team out. He, he, he's looked at training. He said, oh, training's been really good. Uh, he's the motivator. He's the one who gives them their instructions. And then he come out and they say they were passing the ball around too much and they didn't deliver it. And, and you think, well, you're, but you're the one giving the instructions. So if they're passing it around too much, did you not give them that instruction? Mm. It, it, sometimes, you know, he's a good diplomat. And, um, you know, uh, sometimes I just think that, um, I mean, last night he threw Dan Happy under the bus. He's the only guy that he mentioned. And I, I didn't think that was fair. Um, but he does it on occasion, doesn't he? He'll only mention maybe one guy. He mentioned Tom James once. He mentioned somebody else once. Um, and I, I think he might think that they're the stronger ones who can handle it, or he, they, it might be a way to motivate them again. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But um, I didn't think that was particularly fair because I don't think anyone last night really uh, deserved like more than, a, say, a five or a six out of ten at the most, mm -hmm. really. It was a very flat game. Um, and then the other thing that he said was, uh, we're glad of the break... You know, we've got the Saturday off, we can work and whatever. And then afterwards, he said, we looked a bit flat. We'll have to look at how much time the boys had off because he gave mm. them four days off last week, apparently. Mm. So it's all, it gets a bit contentious. You know, he says one thing and it switches around a little bit. So it's not as though he's a brand new manager. He's been around a little while. Mm. So sometimes he's a bit of a politician. Um, so, you know, I just think that, Last night was. I don't know why the guys weren't made motivated either. I mean, we know why we were there again last night. There was a reason why we were there, um, and if that didn't motivate them to go out and say, "Look, we've got to do this for, for the reason we're here," um, it, 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 there's more than three points up for grabs. Um, but it, it just seems so flat. 
And uh, I know we can say that the, the boys were missing. You know, we've got Jordan Graham out. We've got AJ out. Fine, we'll deal with it. Like I said before, there's a, there's a, it's a 23, 24-man squad. Beginning of the season, yeah, we've got, we got a, everyone's fighting for a place. We've got two players in each position. Well, get on with it then. The only thing I'd say to that, H, is you, you're right, you've got Aggie out. You're right, you've got to get on with it. I agree, agree, agree with that. Uh, it, was a, it was a very distant relative, by the way, Trev. Okay. Um, so you've got Aggie out. You've got Brown, um, sorry, Jordan Graham out. Yeah. yeah. And you've got Archibald out. And that's, that is, I don't believe in luck in business. I don't believe in luck in life. And I don't believe in luck in sport. <laughs> that's really yeah. no, no I agree with and you and that's there. why I'm yeah. saying that, that that team last night just wasn't a winning team no exactly yeah three influential players uh, are missing with no privacy and three players yeah. that are actually our players they're not loan players we've, we've paid out money for them and they're on probably decent contracts mm. yeah. and like you say if you take take the saw and the chisel away from a carpenter you ain't going to get the table made and so they are three big players for us at the moment I mean Beckles is out for another four weeks as well now mm. so God forbid we, we have another injury there. But overall, I thought Wellens's game management was pretty poor because we ended up with Cooper up front. Now, he's hooked Pig at 64 minutes and Drinner's gone on 81. Surely he could have got a little bit more out of Pig before making the change. But then we've then resorted to lumping it to a number six. I mean, this was like days of Frank Clark. We were lumping it up to a, a centre half. You know what I mean? I thought we would be a lot better than that, regardless of any situation. Still try and play the football. But I think overall, we all agree that if Galbraith don't start or any creativity in midfield on Saturday against a Wigan team, which, if you added their points up, would be ninth. One place above where Lincoln are now. And they were a bit of hit or miss, Wigan, win one, lose one, whatever. Started well. But to get the creativity in midfield, to actually try and make some chances for our, what a lot of people say, not very firing strikers. But by now, you would think the likes of Piggott, when he's been playing, would be on the end of Archibald's crosses and things like that. They winds me up because we watch a lot of things we were up in Fleetwood Archibald putting five six crosses one after the other yeah. any forward a bit of nous in his head with a going right he's coming in, he's putting it in the same place on a, on a plate like yeah. you know to do that so I think he's got to scratch his head a little bit Richie and I think the one thing I would say especially to to Orient fans is uh, just don't go on the guy's back just think of all the good times he has given us and he's there for a reason and I said, I said on my previous show we, we were up to 10th I said it's the highest he's been as a manager you know, so it's all these people, oh, they all come swooping in, Richie, whatever he's going to, every time a northern team in the northwest sacks a manager, oh, they're coming for Richie. There is, he's not infallible, is he? No, definitely at, not. At, at the end of the day, he's not infallible, and hopefully he does learn from this. And sometimes I think he overcomplicates, even when he talks to, to Dave Victor, he said, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm telling him, like, like Howard just said, he's saying they're passing it flat. Well, you're there, you're in the technical area. Earn your yellow card, which he gets every time. What would say there is, um, rumour has it that he kept the team in, well, it's not a rumour, I think we know, he kept the team in for 40 minutes yesterday, last mm. night, after the game. Um, and the, the, the other thing there, Trev, didn't he say, uh, H, about uh, them not executing the game plan against Oxford? He said yeah. that in his previous interview. So I think he's frustrated. He's mm. getting a message that's not getting across. So he's got to find a way... Um, to either get the message across or change the message. Mm. Because sometimes, I've had it myself, where 
you, you get caught up in, in really believing in a certain way of doing things. And because and, and, you believe in it so much, you keep banging the message home to your staff and it don't work and they're not picking up and they're not changing their habits. They're doing the same thing. And eventually you have to say, well, this ain't working. I've, I've, got, to, I've got to, as much as I believe in it, I've got to find another way of squaring the circle. Yeah. And, and, and I yeah. think he's a little bit caught up in that at the moment. I think he's a little bit caught up in his own, his own beliefs. Hmm. Yeah, I think as Richie has said on a few times on this show that he may still not know what his best 11 are. And I know we haven't got the whole squad to choose from, but so he's got, this, he's got this set of guys now, so take out all the injured guys. Now he's looking at the guys he's got now, and he's still not quite sure mm-hmm. who can play where and who's mm-hmm. in the, rest, the right position. Because we're, we're all saying it was... Not, none of us agree with the, with the line-up last night. And everyone we speak to have said, no, nah, that was a strange mm-hmm. lineup." But he's seen it, and that's the one he's put out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, to be fair to him, though, the, the Cooper situation, moving him up front... Um, he did win the header, I think, against Oxford, didn't he? And yeah. then Sotiro scored. And he won the header again last night where mm. Sotiro should have scored last night when him and Ford, uh, you know... Mm. Bit, it, it, it does give the opposition something else to yeah, think Yeah, he, he wins mm. the header for you. So that, we always say there is no plan B and all that. Well, if that's the plan B, you know... So be it. Stick your centre-half up <laughs> yeah. there and, and go route one. Well, I say it, it, it created a couple of chances. He's caught up in his own beliefs. I'm going to backtrack slightly. I like the way that he went from the total kind of football, playing it out from the back, to playing it a little bit more direct this season. So I want to sort of correct myself a little bit there, if I'm honest. Mm. But I, I just think that, that that twice now he said the message about you know the, the passing back, for example, and that's not getting through. Uh, and, and that's where I'm a bit concerned that he's he's got to find a way, isn't he? He's got mm. to find a way. He will. I definitely think. I'm pretty confident. Anyway, that's a bit of enough about Lincoln. There was a, there was a special guest last night in the gantry. Um, after a, a period of about five years, Andy, uh, four years, um, Mr. Gilson went upstairs and uh, rolling back the years, he decided to do a little bit of commentary. So um, it's been well missed and uh, should we have a little listen, Andy? Well, there. Header forward was from James. <laughs> Here come Lincoln on the attack. Played out here on this near side. Sorensen played it inside. It's a good shot there, and it's smothered to the floor of the second attempt. Hamilton it was who let fly from 25 yards. Gwynn down to his right to smother that one. Signal goes up. Corner comes over. It's a firm header, and it's off. It's headed over the bar from almost point-bank range by Piggott. The goal at his mercy, just Jensen to beat. Lincoln keep possession. Bursting forward here. Sweeney in the way of that. And Orin can launch the counter-attack. Switch wide. Saturio gets into the box. Pass one challenge. Flicks it out. Another cross comes in. There's a chance perhaps. It's not away yet. This is Hunt on the edge of the box. Hunt again. Can he get a crossing? Yes, he can, but he dragged it rather this. The first jump shot comes in. It's not away yet. It's bobbling around everywhere. Finally cleared. And Lincoln can get it away. Best action of the second half so far. 
flicked out to Duffy on this near side. Gets across him of sorts. Oh, a terrible mistake. Or he let the ball bounce. This is a chance. It's not away yet. Comedy of errors at the back. Cardinal Sin, though, defending there. As uh, Cooper let the ball bounce, and that was uh, almost extremely expensive. Now, here come Orion on the attack. Half a chance, perhaps. Oh! And a pretty tepid finish. Well, it opened up there for Aaron Drennan, but he just literally passed it to the keeper there. Sanders. Another cross comes in. Knocked away. And back it goes to Yenza. Here come Moria coming forward again. Oh, what a good challenge. And it could be a goal at the other end. A chance here, a breakaway for Lincoln, and they've dragged it wide. Oh my goodness me. That really was a chance. Orion completely caught square. And with the goal at his mercy, it's Makamu who drags the shot wide. Final three minutes now as Orion come forward. Put too much on that, and out comes the keeper to grab it. Both sides are finding openings at the moment. Just two and a half minutes left on the clock. Ball on this near side, rolled inside. A lot of space on the far side as Lincoln come forward again. Looking for a winner. And that's a chance, perhaps. If he can get a shot in, he can, and it's gone in! And Lincoln may well have grabbed the spoils here. Bryn was wrong-footed. Orient allowed far too much space there. And it's Leighton Orient nil. Lincoln won. And it's Hamilton, the scorer. And there you have it. There's Andy Gilson rolling back the years. Shame there's no Karamas, Karamas, Karamas in that one, Andy. <laughs> but there again, I hope you enjoyed your evening up there. And hopefully one day we, we may hear your dulcet tones uh, back commentating on you. And again, you've surely been missed by a lot of people. I can assure you with that. Anyway, I've got a little bit of a... Uh, <laughs> Howard said not by him <laughs> Anyway Because we've got no Karen tonight I've got to do the supporters club news update Because uh, our Karen she's, uh, she's gone up to Leicester tonight Hoping to find out whether the supporters club Have reached the final of the National Club of the Year For camera Which is a campaign for real Al So wishing the supporters club all the best of luck tonight And hopefully they can get to the final Anyway the coach to Chesterfield She's told me sold out there is limited space, spaces even for Bristol Rovers and names are, be t are being taken for Cheltenham and Bolton, respectively. And on the Thursday, the 14th of December, the club are hosting a Christmas Owl Festival and the doors open at 4pm and it's free to get in, plus the bonus of a mince pie. So, um, off you go. So, um... 
that's uh, the supporters club news but um there was one thing i noticed last night going back to the lincoln game before we hear from uh, matt roper did anybody see the lincoln manager going a bit over the top in front of their fans which is probably a mere 50 yards away from where Derek Reynolds would have been treatment and that. I thought myself personally should have gone over the whole thing, clap your fans, go and celebrate in the change rooms. At I'll, the end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Trevor, the, the, the guy's a new manager. I, I yeah, I know it was his first I mean, win, but and he obviously wasn't there on the night, but for me it was just a little bit... You know, I'm going to cut him some slack. I'm going to say that, that the guy didn't really have... He wasn't there on that, that horrible night. We all were, so mm. we've all been affected by it, albeit probably some people more than others. So I, I will cut the guy some slack. He was his first win as a new manager. Mm. It was an 88th minute winner. I, 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 well, they all jumped on the bench and that, that's all the, the moment yeah. there, but to, he went yeah. further and further to I the front. I didn't fan. notice it. Yeah. No, just saying, look, you know, it's, it's how it is. Anyway, earlier in the week, or was it last week, I think, um, Matt Roper one of the heads of Loft um, held the AGM and uh, he's kindly done a roundup for us. So uh, he hasn't actually got around to writing one up. So this is probably uh, the first chance you get to hear what he had to say. Last week, the Leighton Orient Fans Trust held their first in-person AGM since COVID struck. And there is a small roundup of committee and members business with a first thank you going to Karen and Linda and the other staff at the Leighton Orient Sports Club for playing their usual warm host to us. The board saw long-term director Mike Randall step down for health reasons, and I'm sure all those fans, members or otherwise, would like to wish Mike the very best for his recovery. His input on stadium and safety matters will be sorely missed. Adam Michelson, Doug Harper and Peter Osborne were all re-elected to the board, and we welcomed our first new director in a couple of years after James Roper was unanimously accepted as a new board member with a possible new director to be co-opted in the next couple of months. Chris Knight has formally been ratified as an external director. The accounts were unanimously, unanimously accepted by the board and all members and the year of the, and all members and the yearly resolution regarding the regeneration fund staying with its original purpose was also voted for by an overwhelming majority. Whilst on this matter, for anyone that may remember who has no knowledge of this fund, this was the crisis fund set up in 2017. Its basic principles were to assist the fans trust with legal costs and or funding a part stake in new ownership of Leighton Orient, or as was described at the time as the nuclear option of having to kickstart a Phoenix club had Leighton Orient fallen into liquidation. The fund stands and was closed after refunds at approximately £113,000 and members have voted year on year to retain the fund for its original purpose. Following meetings with Nigel Travis and the board, they have clearly stated that they would not seek to have or all or even part of the fund donated to Leighton Orient for anything outside the fund's original purpose. And like us, they agree that a large chunk of this money was donated by the fans from around the country and it would not be right to use that money to try and further the football club's plans in any way, shape or form, as for one thing, it may impact on further fundraising in the future if it was ever needed again. The board have investigated and will continue to do so the possibility of how that fund is invested, and if there are possibilities that could see it earn, albeit maybe small, interest via other safe financial products 
currently on the market and open to trust rules and financial codes of conduct. Loft were glad to announce that there is to be a full partnership between the Trust and Her Game 2, an organisation set up to promote women within football at all levels. And full, de full details of this fantastic partnership will be announced very soon, helping to tackle misogyny within the game. We announced that three junior grassroots clubs were recipients of sponsorship for the current season and that we continue to sponsor both players in the men's and ladies' first teams, courtesy of members' generous donations through fees. We will, of course, be backing calls for the independent regulation of football, something we were proud to play a part in in terms of Tracy Crouch, MP's report, as we seek to assist both a fairer distribution of wealth amongst clubs and the protection of smaller clubs that have found themselves at the hands of unscrupulous ownership. Finally, the evening was rounded off with an excellent Q&A with first team boss Richie Wellens, who was superb for well over an hour, answering questions from the floor and online. And I must take this opportunity to say thank you both to George and Robbie at the club for arranging Richie as a guest, as well as thanks to CEO Mark Devlin for attending. And finally, Exos midfield legend Steve Castle, who turned up and we wish Steve all the best following an ankle operation and it's taking a little time out from his duties at Royston FC as first team manager. Loft are always looking for new members and we remind supporters that just because we are not a club in crisis, we are only ever one bad owner away from the horrible situation we found ourselves in seven years ago and that a strong trust with as many members as possible can be of great benefit to both Leighton Orient Football Club and the wider game as a whole. Details of how to join can be found on our website, where you can also contact any of the board members via email, or you can join or you can join Loft at any home match by seeing me outside the club shop on Oliver Road. Up the O's. There you go. That was Matt Roper discussing the uh, the Loft, and uh, hopefully anybody who uh, thinks have their own opinions of what Loft do and what they don't do. That's quite clear and concise what's going on there. So um, onwards and up from to them, but they 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 done what they did back in the day. Do you uh, any comments on Loft at all, uh, you two? I, I think you've summed it up well there, Trev. I think they did what they did, and, and uh, I think it's good that it stays together because you never know what's around the corner in life. Yeah. I was supportive of it at the time. I thought it, it, you know, they brought us all together. Um, so I'd happily give Matt a pound. Um, it's better better value than uh, his, his fans in, I reckon. That's uh, no, I'm only joking, Matt. Your, your fans is great. Um, no, look, I, I think I think I think fair fair play to him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's it's horses for courses sometimes, and I have to say, Matt's put his heart and soul into this football club over for many many years, like many other people have as well. And we probably wouldn't be sitting here today talking about it if there's not those type of guys in and around football clubs, isn't there? You know, including the owners. So. So just going back to uh, Tuesday night for a little while, this is totally away from anything. We all went on social media after the game for a little bit, not too much. Do you think, if you both went on social media after the game, I know you did a little bit, Darren, would the comments of some of the O's fans been different if we had won the game? Because it was a lot of anger I felt coming through because we lost the game. You know, um... Because personally, I am going to sit in front. I don't know what the correct outcome should have been in this shambles. And I've got a few views on it, but small views. So mm. if we had won the game 1-0, do 
social media would have been a different place, and I don't think the angle would have been directed in certain areas. What do we think? I think you're right. I think I think if we had won that game one nil. Um, the replay would have just fallen away as a, as, uh, as a memory. But I think a lot of the anger about the defeat, listen, as I said earlier, I, I'd hate defeats badly. I do, right? And, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be a slave to the result, as, as you lads always say. And I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've always more, I've quite liked the comment because I think you're right. But, you know, we all... We're more all for the away days because... Yeah, you've got to make it about the, the day out. You're right. And I, and I have done that more over the years, Trevor. I've tried. Mm. But, 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 you know, certainly for me... The outpouring of, of sort of uh, virtual, is that the right word? Mm, what yeah. we saw after? Thank you. I can never say that word, Andy. Cheers. Um, I shouldn't have tried, really, should I? It, it was over the top, but you get that on social media, mm. you get that in life, and, and some of the comments. I, my favourite was um, the board, the team, the staff, um, the manager have all got to go. That was my personal favourite. <laughs> well, that, that is a, that's a hell of one. Howard? Yeah, I didn't see that one, Darren. <laughs> um, is that out there? You probably stayed on longer than most of us then. <laughs> <laughs> I probably did. I think it, the, the manner of the defeat last night didn't help, did it? Um, yes. You know, people are, uh, were angry. There was actually, I was in the North Stand and there were, uh, there were boos at the end. No, um, we we said the same in the West. I said there's going to be boos. My mate said no, they won't. And then it, yeah, it there, went up, didn't it? And, yeah, yeah, there are there are a few boos, and I, I think that was because of the the manner of the defeat. As you say, if 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 we'd have won, you wouldn't have had any boos. I don't think. Um, might have had boos, uh, but not boos. <laughs> people were just gone away and gone. Oh, we got away with that, and we deserved the one nil. We should have been one in in the first game, and it would have been all those mm. type of things. Uh, it shouldn't have been played anyway, but we we've, we've got the win. Uh, and Darren was saying we were chatting a little bit earlier, saying that if it had ended in a in a nil nil, which it looked like it was going to, we would probably have accepted that because in the first game it wasn't particularly a good game anyway. No. And, and I, I tend to agree with Darren that in that last ten minutes that that, that uh, wasn't played, Lincoln looked looked the far stronger team, and it looked like we were going to concede at any moment. So um, probably would have settled for a draw, but you know it was it was always going to get replayed. I don't think there was, as, as, as much as we thought, look, there was 82 minutes gone and uh, Lincoln should just give us the game. A, a professional team is not going to give you a game, I'm afraid. Not, not, no, at this, not at this level, not with that amount of time. Plus, I think they said there was 10 minutes of added on, there would have been. Probably 15 minutes to go. Yeah, I, I, and, I think 15 and, minutes. Yeah. And the way that they were playing, yeah. you know, that we were under the cosh, if I remember. It wasn't a particularly good game, the first game either. It was only a, a mistake that uh, Ruel um, jumped on and, and mm. fed Piggott for the, for mm. the goal that we did score. So, um, yeah, of course, it would have been a completely different atmosphere if we'd have won mm. last night. Yeah. Um, only simply because your team has won and you've gone away and said oh we've got away with that and that's the deserved score we should have been that anyway um, you know we lost the game I think we've got to look ahead now um, we're only four points off the relegation yeah very much so um, I agree with that everybody thinks you're comfortable in 14th, yeah, 15th I mean, but yeah we, we've been saying we've been doing really well it's been a good season we're starting to stabilise and, and I think it was true to a point the last couple of games or if you include the Portsmouth game you know it's three home losses mm-hmm. um uh, Which we're not used to. No, and, and apparently Portsmouth was was a second eleven, a complete mm. complete change from their first Against team. Ten men. Yeah, um, which I did. I didn't see the game, but I didn't realise that. Um, so, you know, we, we do need to suddenly uh, look over our shoulder a little bit, I think, and, and say, well, actually, you know, 
Um, we have the players that are out are big players, and are we missing them to the extent of um, we're going to be dragged into something here? It, you know, if we don't get the win Saturday, I'm actually fairly um, optimistic for a win. I, I think mm. we will pull a win off on mm. Saturday, um, which is uh, not like me at all. But uh. well, if we have a cup run, it sort of puts the. I think we due to play Portsmouth that day or something. Or Black, no, Blackpool home. I think it's that game. Yeah. Um, if you so if you get a cup. Cup win against Chesterfield, that's a game that goes back, and then yep. you've got a free hit in the cup. So, you know, that's another game where Dan AJ could be getting yep. fitter yep. and yep. other players may be coming oh, I back. I agree with you what you said a little bit earlier. I don't, I don't, you know, we, we, all right, we might be in a bit harsh on, on Richie, but I wouldn't have any other manager nope, at the moment. Exactly. There's, there's no one else I would particularly take. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm quite happy with him as a manager. I think the squad is still strong enough to, to finish at least halfway in this league. I haven't seen any particular teams that have really been frightening or a couple of teams are Oxford were, were decent uh, Barnsley were decent but they, they've been in this league Barnsley got relegated last year you know mm. they there are they, they're just they're just slightly better than us um, but I, I don't think we, we we've got to panic but I think um, it's just going back to the if we all say that yes uh, Tuesday's team was a little bit Strange and no one's really agreed with it. What is Richie and his team seeing? Mm. You know, um, but we have to. It's just we, we just have to get on with it. And I think Saturday would be interesting again if there was any injuries last night. As you say, Brown would be back, and uh, he was a big miss last night. I didn't realise yeah. that it was a suspension. Mm. Um, I actually have a question. I did, missed on the interview with Richie. How long is Archie Archibald out for? He said he, uh, I think it was about 10, 10 days, it's a hip, right. hip injury. Right. Yeah, I think I heard 10, 10 days. So we definitely days. won't see him Saturday. Oh, very much doubt. So yeah. we, we definitely have to change that formation. Yeah. Uh, going back to that formation, I understand him playing James where he played him because James can cross a ball. So you want to get him in the team, but I think he should have played him as the left wing back mm. and not Sweeney in that position. But then again, as I say, it goes back to the hindsight thing. But yeah, wonderful. For, for me, Saturday... Sorry, Tuesday. If you get that point that uh, uh, I thought we all thought we were going to get, mm. five points, it's not a bad cushion because the teams down at the bottom are at the bottom for a reason. They're just not winning. They've got to beat, they've again got to win got two on the exactly. spin to get above you. Exactly. And there, there's a lot of teams that I've always said, right. I, I like a six yeah. point gap all season, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But, but we already but, went to But a five point gap, mm. it, it, it's, it's one better than a four point gap, mm. yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So Agreed. That's my uh, point. Absolutely. Every yeah. point is valuable yeah. in this division at the moment because. Steve Tung did tell us, he said, every time Orient's been promoted, they've never finished above halfway. And history, in my opinion, does not lie. Yeah. So if, we, if we're history makers after a promotion finishing above halfway. So that is it. You know, we, yeah. we've only had six or seven promotions. It's not as if we've had 10, 12, 15, but there you go. So my last word on the, the Lincoln thing, personally, I thought the game was replayed too early. I would have loved to seen it replayed the back end of next season so Derek's family could have not had this because I thought they were so brave the day they went on the pitch after back the, in the next year do you mean yeah back in the, this season yeah. like, you know the, yeah. you know, like yeah. April when hopefully the result would have bothered either side do you know do, do you know what that never occurred to me but yeah what a good call because if, if the result was meaningless then you know then yeah. you know and it gives his family a lot more time you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but there we are. So uh, we will send our condolences to Derek's family, and he's he's heard that hundreds of times. So there you go. Anyway, we're going to listen to what Dave had to say now. This is Victor's view. So, Dave Victor, a disappointing evening. It was a difficult evening, wasn't it? It was uh, always going to be 
a tough one. Our thoughts obviously were with Derek Reynolds and uh, his family before the game. Um, the O's without um, Theo Archibald understand it's a hip injury. Let's hope it's not long term. Um, but I think we missed his pace and his invention. Uh, I think Leighton Orient struggled against a very well organised and uh, disciplined Lincoln City side. It was a scrappy game and it was one with a scrappy goal. It was. A- Orient lacked that little bit of physicality, didn't they? Yes, a little bit of know-how, despite the fact that Darren Prattley was in the uh, centre of the defence, uh, midfield rather. At the back, I thought the O's um, looked composed up until the 88th minute, and then there was that one slip, and then they paid the price. And that's been the case recently, particularly here at uh, Brisbane Road. It's another game gone, another home game gone. I mean, Orient may be getting sucked towards the wrong end of the table at the moment. Well, perhaps. I mean, the, the whole division is so tight, you just don't know. I mean, we're back here again on Saturday with Wigan. And, uh, you know, Wigan's uh, league position we know is false because of the, the points deduction. And uh, they're a side that, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're inconsistent. But um, they're, they're definitely going to ask a few questions uh, of the O's. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, there's some work to be done here, I think it's fair to say. Now, you know, the, the, the fixture list has been upset a few times because of international weekends. Dave, your your views on this? Well, I'm concerned. I mean, Lincoln City did play on at the weekend and, uh, you know, it, you would have thought maybe late night would be fresher as a result. But uh, I, I worry. I was concerned by the fact that the game against Port Vale was postponed with about 10 days' notice. These days, train tickets are so expensive, uh, so people have to book them up early. Um, we know that people were buying tickets just a few you know, days before the decision was made. There are so few games that are now played uh, in League One. I think you have to get to a point you either decide not to play these games or not to allow so many players to go out. Uh, as it was, I was uh, covering Hornchurch um, for BBC Radio London at the weekend. Even some non-league games were called off for the internationals. I'm not sure that we see the quality uh, for this preparation. Um, I, I, I have to put my cards on the table here. I prefer club football. I'd much rather that the fixtures weren't disrupted. Um, but it's getting to a point now that I think League One has to follow either the Premier League or the Championship or we make different arrangements uh, for players that uh, are called up for international duty. Ten days' notice simply isn't enough. Do you think the managers of the respective clubs will be, will be behind your view on that, that, that they want their fixtures postponed going forward next season if there is international weekends? I don't know. It, it seems to be something that is increasing, you know, the, the disruption that it causes to the uh, um, fixtures seems to get worse every single season um, and it's getting daft now when you when you go to National League North and South and games are getting postponed because the number of internationals you know either the National League uh, North and South are very strong or there's too many internationals thanks very much Dave there we had that is Victor's view for this week and he was uh, talking about the uh, postponements as well and Going down to National League South and North. Well, I didn't know that. So that's 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 something new, isn't it? So anyway, uh, we look forward to hosting uh, Wigan on Saturday. And like I said earlier, they're, uh, they would be ninth with, um, without that points deduction. So before we talk about that game, we, I'd like to uh, wish our previous host, Steve Tung, good luck as he's uh, he's taking a penalty at half time along with the other walking footballers. So um, 
I hope he does well because when I spoke to him at half time on Saturday, he goes, God, that looks a long way, that 18 yards. But so hopefully um, he'll fare a lot better than our friend Julian Lillington in taking one because uh, I think he troubled Walthamstow last attempt and I think the ball's still flying. So uh, good luck, Steve, on Saturday and uh, I will be standing there watching. So um, anyway, Wigan at home. Darren, on the spot. Give me your start at 11. Start at 11. Oh, right. So I'll, I'll stick with Bryn. Okay. I'm not going to get, get rid of Bryn. I'll go uh, Hunt right. Uh, I'll go James left. Centre pairing's going to pick itself, isn't it? It's going to be yep. and, and, and um, Cooper. I'll have a midfield of Galbraith, Brown, and I'll put Moncur back in. Okay. Honest. Uh, up front. Um, Concrete boots. I'm afraid so, really, because we've got no choice, have we? We've mm-hmm. got nothing else up there. I might go with giving um, Ford a start over over Drillen. Mm-hmm. I probably would do that actually as well. Yeah, so that'd be. I think that'd be my team. Is that eleven? Yeah, that's eleven. Yeah, you how's up? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know now. He's got a habit of sometimes dropping someone uh, when he mentions them, so it wouldn't surprise me if Dan Happy as he's not there on Saturday, and he puts turns in mm. next to Cooper uh, and then plays Hunt and uh, Tom James. And then obviously in the midfield, yeah, I think Gal Braith would come in back with Brown and then Mazzuni. Um, up the front, uh, he's, he's going to stick with Piggott because there just isn't anyone else, is there? Um, Soterio's in there and... Yeah, it's, it's toss of a coin. I think it, mm. Ford Ford needs a bit of a run out. Drynan is getting a little bit of stick from the crowd. So, uh, yeah, that's where we go. Well, there we go. That's uh, a rather rushed team selection here because we have got to find time for Roper's rant. Last night was horrible and you just knew that was going to be the result. A 1-0 victory for Lincoln left a bitter taste in the mouth if you ask me, when you factor in the tragic circumstances of the replay of this encounter. And once again, in my opinion, we have seen the EFL show absolutely no compassion or leadership, which I also believe has led to Derek Reynolds' memory being betrayed and sullied. The horrible side is it hurts whilst raw, but perhaps the best thing we can do now is move on and pray that we never have to witness such a tragic incident again and that the decisions are taken for the greater good of the game And far more importantly, of course, for family members surviving such a unique and unkind situation. For the final time from me, RIP Derek, you'll be sorely missed in E10. On to matters on the pitch, and it's one that won't live long in the memory bank. The first half was okay as a rule, but the overriding factor throughout most of the 90 minutes was that we failed to cut Lincoln open enough. There is no doubt we can play keep ball, but as Richie said earlier in the season, this has to be with a purpose. And certainly when we move into the opposing half, and particularly around the final third, it's unfortunate that once again we were hampered yet further due to Theo's, Theo Archibald's injury. But it is what it is, and we cannot linger and whine too much when this happens to every club, even if we have perhaps had a very large slice of bad luck on that front this term. Lincoln were well drilled last night out of possession in their own defensive third. And the supporters have to recognise that it can be very difficult at this level to break a back five with four sitting in front. Remember, this is League One and our players are at this level for a reason. 
Granted, a Kevin De Bruyne will find space and or manoeuvre the ball into exactly the right area and with exact precision. But that's why he and others I can mention applying their trade at the Premier League when actually they're nowhere near the third tier. Frustrating as it is, if you read social media from approximately 10pm onwards last night, you might think the O's are in 20th place, only just above the trapdoor on goal difference. Granted, last night was poor. It was slow, it was laboured, it was passive. But 90 minutes doesn't define a season. And whilst things look a tiny bit bleak after last night, I have to remind supporters yet again that we have to be firstly realistic and remember this is a work in progress. Whilst they come from different fans and everyone is entitled to an opinion, of course, the calls of let's get rid of McMahon, the set-peach coach, and spend his money on a striker, let's get rid of Drillon and Piggott, Wellens needs to change the way we play, etc., etc., are rather knee-jerk reactions to a bad 90 minutes in the cold. Only eight weeks ago, people were calling for Richie and his team to find a plan B. And now, because we're cheated out of three points last night, we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, rip it up and start again. Yes, it's always handy to have a plan C. And for anyone that has coached, particularly at a high level, and many of us, of course, won't have done, it's vitally important to have the bravery announced to change things in-game if it isn't working. But all of these problems are not going to be a quick fix. And going back to, say, the striking and goal-scoring problem, you can't simply rip up someone's contract, pay them up, and go and find a 20-goal-a-season man in November. It's not how football works. And we have to trust the plan the board have. The directors and Richie and his management team aren't stupid. They know what is needed to keep us on an ever-upwardly trajectory, trajectory, But there will be very realistic pauses in our quest to improve, and we have to roll with the bad as well as the good. It's a tough period coming up, and I would say that whilst the performance would be great on Saturday, it's perhaps just as important to pick up a victory. Fingers crossed we can look to a positive result at Bristol, and perhaps then more importantly, for a number of reasons, a good result in the FA Cup second round tie, and a dream tie in round three. My overriding message here? Stick with it, O's fans. Christmas is coming, so let's go with a glass-half-full mentality. And if all else fails, we can blame any number of people, perhaps starting with the EFL. Have a good week, and up the mighty O's. Well, there we go. Thank you, uh, Matt. We've just got time for predictions Saturday. 1-0 to the O's. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-1, I think. Anyway, so... Thanks for listening and good night, everybody. And as always, up the O's. Across Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM News.